0: Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. Welcome to the Prayer House podcast. Our mission and vision is to spread the gospel and good news to the ends of the world by building a community whose foundation is on Jesus Christ. So welcome to the family. We hope you enjoy this message. Thank you for that wonderful, wonderful introduction. Uh, I feel like I'm going to ask you to come with me whenever I speak so you could just give that same same introduction make me feel uh, special thank you so much uh, uh, I'm so excited to be here uh, this evening with you all um, I thank God for giving me this opportunity first of all just to be here uh, I thank Prayer house for even giving me this opportunity uh, when I recently found out about uh, what you all were doing, over the last few months, I was so excited and happy to to know that God was using young people within our community and our generation to, to come together and pray, and to be able to share from the, the Word of God and to pray for each other and to see. So I was so excited to hear about this. I'm thankful for Prayer House. <clears throat> Thank you Faith and Tom for leading us into worship. Uh, and just to give you a little bit about me, uh, like, you, uh, like uh, Faith said, my name is Jim, uh, born and raised in New York, uh, grew up in Queens, Long Island, uh, been here. Um, my favorite, uh, we talked about instruments. One of the instruments that I want to learn to play is the steel drum. So hopefully, if I could figure out how to uh, get one of those, I'll definitely want to learn how to use that and, and play that. Um, but tonight, I'm excited to be here. I want to go straight into the Word. Uh, I'm so happy to be a part of a prayer house. I love to see, like I said, young people come together and pray. Over the last few weeks, we've been hearing from different people, especially Pastor Deepak uh, gave like a a killer message on just salvation and redemption and baptism um, and also the Bible studies from Sister Angel. Uh, have been encouraging and empowering and yesterday we heard a wonderful and practical study on discipleship from sister joanne and that is something that we need this type of a word and this type of encouragement is needed especially in this time and season of our life where so many things are uncertain so many things are like we're doubting and we're not sure what is our tomorrow looking for but when we hear the word of god when we get come together and worship together it is so encouraging and so empowering it just makes you want to like look forward to what God has in store in the next days to come. So tonight we're going to stay within the same realm of what we have been hearing about, but I want to shift our lens to be able to look at this from a leader's perspective or leadership perspective. One thing I just want to know that I do have some slides and uh, I'll be sharing with you, but it is not me who's doing it. Actually, I'm married. My wife is actually running the, uh, tech department for me and my uh message for tonight so uh thank you so much for doing that as well and hopefully you guys can carry along with me on the on the slides that i'll be presenting before we begin i just want to start off off, start us off with a word of prayer father i thank you lord uh for being with us tonight lord as we're entering into your word and speak to us open our hearts and our ears to hear your voice not mine not no one else's lord but your voice that will be spoken into our hearts, Lord. Bless it. Bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tonight, I would like to do a somewhat interactive Bible study slash uh, sermon. So hopefully all of you are ready with your fingers and your thumbs. Uh, hopefully I'm looking forward to some chatting with you. On, uh, so make sure you got the chat open. I uh, would love to hear some of your answers as I ask some of these questions. So please do join with me as we uh, enter into this time of studying the Word. Let me ask a question. When I say the word leadership, what are some things that come to your mind or how would you define good leadership? Actually, let's take it one more step deeper. How would you define good Christian leadership? So you may remember people, you may think of people in your uh, growing up, whether it's in your church or mentors or people that you grew up, but when you think of a good Christian leader What are some attributes? What are some characteristics that you can think of as a good Christian leader? So just throw it into the chat if you're with me. Yeah, so there you go. Humility. People who are fearing God. Yes, leading by example. Our life should lose like Christ. I love that. Yeah, so these are some great answers. But one of the, I was looking online to see what is a good definition of a, a Christian leadership? And there was many of them online, but one of the things that caught my attention was the definition given by this man by the name of Bill Lawrence. He's the president of Leader Formation International at Bible.org. If you've gone online, you've gone on Bible.org. He's the president of this Leader Formation International, and his definition of leadership goes like this. Leadership is the act of influencing and serving others out of Christ's interest in their lives, so they accomplish God's purpose for and through them. Let me repeat that again. Leadership is the act of influencing, serving others out of Christ's interest in their lives, so they accomplish God's purposes for and through them. By looking at this quote, what are some of the key words that stand out for you? Again, we're going to go to the chat. Looking at this quote that Bill Lawrence says, what are some of these key words that stand out for you? Yeah, serving others. Yeah, serving. What else? Yeah, there's influencing. Influencing others. Another thing that stands out here, Christ's interests. Accomplishing God's purpose in this definition, right? So many different... Uh, flavors of what leadership is when, when, when Bill talks about this. See, my initial understanding of leadership was actually distorted and different from what it is today because I was looking to the world for good examples of leaders. The world teaches and shows us many different leaders that are around us. You have the internet and social media at your hands and they display the different leaders in the world right you have ceos of well-known 500 you know blue chip companies big companies out there you have politicians and and governmental leaders and local and, and federal government leaders who are examples of people who are leaders we have movie actors and athletes and musicians all these people who are considered as leaders in this time and age They are people who we look up to, who we follow on Instagram and and social media, who we want to even be like, right? Some of these kids growing up, when you ask them, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be like Steph Curry. I want to be like the next LeBron, right? That's what they want because they look up to them as leaders. I still remember when I was growing up, when I was in the fifth grade. When we were graduating, we had the um, they were making these yearbooks. And one of the questions they asked us and they wanted us to put in the yearbook is what is your dream and aspiration? What do you want to become when you grow up? The problem is my last name is Abraham, so I am one of the first people on the, the book, in the book. So right in the front is my picture, and underneath it talks about what I want to be when I grow up. So while all my friends were saying I want to be a firefighter, I want to be a cop, I want to be a teacher, lawyer, my answer was, I want to be the President of the United States of America. I know you are laughing deep down inside, but at that time, I wanted to be the President of the United States. Yes, my intention was to be the first Indian President of this country. I still have a chance, I know it, Uh, So if you don't see me after this place, yes, can I get an amen in that chat? (laughs) If you don't see me after this place and one day my name is on that ballot, please vote for me. I'm just kidding. Most likely I probably won't be going that route because it seems much harder than it is. But it's possible. Any of us could become the president. But growing up, my impression of leadership was having power, was having money, was having fame, was having resources. And having people and telling them what to do and when to do it. All of this would lead to a successful company, a successful country, a church, an organization. And so when the organization, thanks for voting for me. When the organization would do well, well, the leadership would look look well. And I would be happy and everyone would be happy. This was my idea of leadership. I thought that leadership, it's all about the leader. Right? When you think about, I've always thought about like Christmas, right? They say, don't take the Christ out of Christmas or be a Christ like Christians, right? So they're like, if the word is in that word, you need to focus on it. But tonight, I want to tell you, leadership is not about the leader. It's not. A, it's, it's about what they do or how they look or how, what's their success or what's their network. Nothing about that. But when I finally got connected with God, when I started to read the gospel and about Jesus, my view on leadership completely took a 180. It was during, especially the last several years, I realized this one thing. Christian leadership is not about me. It's about others and God. Christian leadership is not about me. It's about others and God. And just like the definition we just read from Mr. Bill, he says leadership is the act of influencing others. It's the act of serving others. It's about Christ's interest, not my interest, not my agenda, it's about Christ's interest. And it's not about accomplishing my purpose and my plan, but it's about accomplishing God's purpose and God's plan. And so when you really begin to understand What leadership is, the definition becomes clear. There is no I in team, is what they say, right? I can say the same thing. There is no I or me in leadership. It's all about them and him. It's all about them and him. So tonight, I want to quickly talk about what leadership looks like and how you and I can be a leader within our community. This is a very large and broad topic, so forgive me because I won't be able to talk about everything. But my prayer and hope tonight is that you'll be able to see a small glimpse of what godly leadership looks like and how maybe God is calling you towards that tonight. I got another question for you. So we talked about the leadership, right? The definition of leadership. But if I were to ask you this question, how many of you consider yourself as a leader? If you consider yourself as a leader, put that in the chat. If yes, what kind of leadership role are you in? So do you consider yourself as a leader? If yes, what kind of leadership role are you in? So don't be shy. We all know each other or kind of. But tell us, let me know, what kind of leadership role are you in? And it could be anything. I'll talk about myself, right? So growing up, I was part of a small church uh, out, out here in um, in Long Island. And growing up, I was probably the oldest in my church. And so therefore, I became like a jack of all trades. I was kind of doing speaking in my church. I was leading worship in my church. I was uh, being the youth leader and Sunday school teacher. So I kind of played those different roles within my church. Jeffrey says, yeah, in his church and ministries, he's very involved and takes on leadership activities. And I'm pretty sure many of you have also taken on different leadership. Which goes to my next question, which Jeremy kind of hit. He's a project lead and work. The next question I want to ask you is, like, since besides the Christian roles that you play, what are some other individual leadership roles that you play? Whether it's in your home or your family, whether you're a big sister or a big brother, at your job, maybe you're a boss, at school. What are some different roles that you play? We have some worship leaders. We have some project leaders. Maybe you have, you have a school project and you had to take on the lead of your project team, right? So there are different varieties and different roles in leadership. I know I told you this would be a very interactive session. Some of you are like, is this guy going to even stop asking us to type in this chat? But don't worry, we will end on time, I promise. But I love the answers that you guys are putting in the chat. The reason why I wanted to put... Ask you to put these answers in the chat is because there's a biblical truth behind what your answers are. And sometimes we forget this truth, but the truth of the matter is all of you are leaders. You don't know it. You may not know it. Some of you may have already figured it out, but all of you are leaders. There's a phrase that is commonly used. Oh, that person is born to be a leader. You probably used that before, right? And I think it's true. Yes, there are different types of leaders, different leadership styles. Not everyone is really good at it, but all of us are born in some sort, some way, in some capacity to be a leader. Now you're like, all right, get out of here. That can't be. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a worship leader. I, I can't do any of these. I don't do any. I've never done any of these things, and I don't plan to do any of these things. But I want to turn your attention to a verse, First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says like this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And not only this verse, but there are many verses in the Bible that clearly tell us that God has chosen you. He said he knew you before you were born. God has chosen you. God has a purpose for you. You are called with a mission. You are, the Bible says, ambassadors of Christ. You are a royal priesthood. You are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. These words and all the words in the Bible together is not something that I made up, but the Bible points out clearly and lets you realize and know that you are all chosen people of God, leaders for God. If you believe that tonight, put it in the chat and say, I am a leader. Don't worry about being afraid or it's not looking like it's humility, but God wants you to declare it over your life and say, I am a leader. Amen. And not only are you a leader, but we are called to be Christian leaders with a mission from God, a mission for God, and eventually our goal and hope is a mission to be with God. So first, you need to know and understand that you are a leader. So stop shorting God and stop shorting yourself yourself by saying that you are not capable of doing it, that you are not good enough, that you're not a good communicator, that you're not smart enough, that you're not good looking enough, that your education stopped when you were in high school or you didn't get to finish your bachelor's. All of these things may be true, but that's the biggest lie of the enemy. That is the biggest difference between worldly leaders and what biblical leaders look like. God is not looking at what is on the outside, though it doesn't mean we should ignore it but I'll save that for another topic. God is not looking at your credentials, though getting a good education is a good thing, but I'll save that for another topic. God doesn't look at if you're a a good speaker or a good singer. God looks at your heart. And if you have a heart of a leader, then God is looking to use you in places and for things that you can't even imagine. My wife's already put up the first point tonight. It's that God sees your heart. I'm always reminded, and I love the story of David, when God chose David to be the next king. This is what he said in 1 Samuel 16:7. It says like this, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Imagine that. God is saying, I'm not looking at the outside. He saw a leader in David by simply looking at the heart. Some of you are sitting here tonight, this evening, looking at me, hearing my voice, but you have been hurt by people. You have been rated and graded and labeled and disregarded and ignored and based on your appearance and what your status is and based on your past. But tonight I'm speaking to someone, someone who really needs to hear this. God loves you. God sees you, and He has seen your heart. And because He's seen your heart, He wants you, and He knows you can be the next leader. The Bible, I love Psalmist, says that He sits you at the seat of your enemies. He prepares a table before your enemies and then anoints your head with oil. Why? Because He has chosen you as a leader. Understanding your identity and who you are in Christ is so crucial to being a Christian leader. Not only do you need to know that you are a leader, but you need to think like a leader. Not only does knowing that God sees your heart, but it's also about seeing and seeking after God's heart. So God sees your heart. But the next thing as a leader is you need to seek after God's heart. And that's my second point. Seek God's heart. Good Christian leaders seek God's heart. I want to use the same example of David in the Bible. In Acts chapter 13, verse 22, it says like this, after removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified. What does it say? God testified concerning David, saying this, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Can you believe that? God saw David's heart, and then God said, "What? look, David is a man who seeks after my heart. You need to be able to see God's vision not about your agenda or what you want or how to do it, but in whatever you do, seek God's will in your life. Seek God's will in your heart. A common thing that we always pray, and including myself that I always do, is we say, God, let your will be done. We always pray that, but do we really mean it? Do we really seek after God's heart and say, God, I really want your will to be done? As leaders, we need to be God-minded. When Jesus was on this earth, he taught us so many things. He was a great leader. You know, there's a couple of things I want to share, but quickly, I'll just say, you know, when you want to be a good leader like Jesus, you need to further your relationship with God. You got to have like next level thinking like leaders. And leaders always refer, they think about how can I further my relationship with God? So spending time in the presence of God in prayer and meditation is very important. Getting plugged into a church, a small group, or even prayer house Is very important. Having mentorship and accountability, like we heard yesterday, especially with the practical rules, is very important because these all help you to further your relationship with God. Second thing, further your relationship with others. A lot of people are either too close with God or a lot of people are too close with people. You need to have a balance. But God promotes relationship with others, meaning genuine, intentional relationship, not just text messages and DMs. Having a face-to-face conversation or a phone call, church members, family, friends, non-believers, all these people, having relationship with others is important. And the third thing is investing in the kingdom of God, whether it's through financial, whether it's serving in any capacity, like we said before, many people of you serve in church and serve in different organizations. Doing that is very important, but also sharing your gospel, sharing the testimony. That is what the Great Commission is all about. That's what we've been learning over the last few weeks, what God has called us to do. All of this investing in the kingdom of God is important. This is how we begin to do what God has called us to do. And God has called us to be. Which brings me to my third and final point, which is serve God's purpose. Serve God's purpose. Keeping on the same topic about the man we've been talking about, David. Check out Acts chapter 13, verse 36. It reads like this. Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. Look what the Bible says many years after. It says that before David died, he served God's purpose. I'm always reminded, and when I go to a funeral, one of the things that they do is eulogies, right? They talk about the person who passed away, and they share so many good things about the person. I've heard stories about being people being prayer warriors, people who served the church with their heart, people who brought people to Christ in thousands of different ways. These are so stories. I want to ask you a question tonight. What would people say about you? Forget about that. What would God say about you tonight? Would he say, my son, my daughter, you have served my purpose in your generation, not your previous generation, not the generation to come. Leave that to the next generation. Leave that to the other people. But right now, right now, where you are in the generation with the people that are around you, in the church that you're in, in the school, in the job that you're in, your place in this particular season and place for a reason, can you serve God's purpose? in this generation. I want to summarize my three points. We talked about this. We said, God sees your heart as a leader. As a Christian leader, remember, know your identity. God sees your heart. Second thing, as a Christian leader, you need to seek God's heart. Just like David did, David seeks God's heart every morning. Look at the Psalms. Every day, he thought about God. He dreamt about God. He lived God every day. And lastly, where you are in your generation, serve God's purpose. As we learn in the life of David, God didn't look at David because of his height. If If you were looking at David's life, he was the least qualified person. He was a shepherd. But God chose David to be the king of Israel. God can do the same thing through each and every one of you that's on this call. All of you, some of you came into this call not knowing that you are a leader. But tonight, I want to remind you, you are a chosen leader of God. I want to finish up for tonight. But tonight, I want to do something different. I want to put out an invitation to you. I want you to know that you are not here by accident on this call, in this world, in this call right now. You are not here by accident. Because in God's world, there is no accidents. You are here on July 1st, on this Wednesday night, at almost 10 o'clock, because God wants to talk to you and invite you to be a part of His kingdom. God has spoken to some of us tonight, and I truly believe that the Holy Spirit was here tonight speaking to because when I was preparing for this message, God reminded me that sometimes doubt comes into my mind, sometimes people and other voices come into my mind questioning my sonship in God, questioning what I am doing, questioning the truth and promises that God puts in the Bible and shares with us. But tonight is a night that that all stops. Listen to the voice of God. And so tonight, God is inviting you. And there's two invitations tonight. If there's any one of you tonight that is on this call, and this is the first time that you've never got a chance to accept Jesus as your Savior, This is an invitation tonight to accept Christ as your Savior. God came into this world. Jesus came into this world, the best leader of them all. He came into this world because God sent him because of our sins. He loved the world so much that he gave his only son. He saved us. He came into this world and died for us. He rose again. He's sitting at the throne of God right now. And tonight, if that's you, this is your opportunity to say, I believe that. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I am not worthy of anything, but God, I accept it and I believe that you died for me. You have chosen me and I know that I am a Christian leader. And you could accept Jesus as your personal savior tonight and you could live a different life for the rest of your life in this generation. If that's you, I want you to put your hand on your heart. And a second invitation that I also want to give is for those of you who have been in leadership, who have been in church and doing all of these things for a very long time. This is a time for you to say, God, I've been doing all of these things, but I want to do it with more intention. I want to do it more for your glory, not with my agenda, not with my plan, but for your purpose, that your name be glorified for others and for you. If that's you, I want you to also put your hand on your heart. And both of us, all together, together, just I want you to pray with me, repeat after me. Father, I thank you, Lord, that your word says that I am chosen, that I am a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that you saw me before I was even born. Lord, I commit my life into your hands. Lord, I am sorry for all the things that I have done. Father, forgive me for my sins. I believe that you came into this world and died for me. And you rose again. And you are living today. All because you loved me. I commit my life into your hands. I accept you as my Savior. And Father, use me for your glory and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can you just give a a clap emoji on that chat? I don't know who who prayed that prayer with us, but whoever it is, let's just clap our hands and let's just give God praise for that. Because tonight the heavens are rejoicing in this moment. I am so happy and I'm rejoicing because if you have taken this decision to follow Christ or to surrender your life with God, God is going to do great in things. Trust in Him. Mm. Trust in His Word. Trust in His promise. And I'm sure He can do great things for you. And if any of you did take the decision to accept Jesus as your Christ, as your personal Savior, I encourage you to stay back after the meeting and speak to one of the leaders on this call. Speak to someone from Prayer House on this call, and I'm pretty sure they would love to talk to you. They would love to get to know you, and because you are part of Jesus' family, that's what we are. We are all the same blood, Jesus' blood. So come and and stay back and talk to one of us. I know that God is going to do great things. I want to pray just over everyone else. Father, I thank you once again for all that you've done. Lord, thank you for your word that you've spoken to us, Lord, that we are chosen leaders called by you, that you see our heart. Help us to seek after your heart, but also help us to serve your purpose in this generation. I thank you for every young person and every individual that is on this call. Bless them, O God. Help us to stand and stand for your kingdom. We give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's take the next few moments to enter into a time of worship. As Tom leads us into worship, just pray with God, commune with God God and say, God, fill me and use me for your kingdom. Amen. And God bless. Thanks for tuning in. We pray that this message has been a blessing to you, and we encourage you to keep searching God's word and listening to his voice. We'll see you again on the next one.